listening to Chris Talks Cars on Cartoon Channel. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chris Talks Cars. This week, we are joined once again by my good friend, Brandon Cole. Yep, I'm back. Back by popular demand, literally <laughs> dozens and dozens of messages begging for his return. So we had to give the people what they want. Uh, today, we are going to talk about the 2021 Bronco. We tried to do kind of a launch live episode type thing uh, while it was coming out. And it was only an 11-minute video. And it just didn't make for a very good podcast. So we're back again. Brandon is braving illness. He's been diagnosed with gonorrhea syphilitis. The doctors, it may be terminal, but he's fighting through like a champion to entertain us here this evening. Yeah. Yeah, I'll try my best to keep my voice. It's kind of affecting my throat, so. Yeah, no worries, buddy. Um, I appreciate you being here. Uh before we get into the Broncos stuff, we're both members of this 7.3 liter Godzilla forum on Facebook. And it's mostly just old guys sitting there asking the same questions like, oh, I know someone posted how it pulls with 11,000 pounds at 60 miles an hour, but what's your mileage at 12,000 pounds with uh, yeah. 72 miles an hour? It's just mostly stuff like that. that that's probably half of that That page literally literally <laughs> old men posting various Still weights economy. they're pulling with <laughs> the gearing and what elevate like just just old man chat it's it's pretty harmless but today and, someone, and what can i do to get better fuel economy <laughs> yeah and today someone thought what if i put a whipple on it that'll help right and uh most people at least educated people would assume that was a joke but uh, this person was not joking, and he had quite a few people just as uh, embraced as he was. Yeah, yeah. I tried to. I really tried to explain to him, and it was it was interesting how many people got on there and um, and kind of actually supported him. And then, you know, there's a couple of people that were against it as well. But um, his, in theory, what he was saying, I guess, like kind of makes it's kind of one of those things i guess it makes you think he's like well if you know if i put the supercharger on it i'll have a lot more low end torque so i won't have to spin up as much rpm to do the same amount of work which in theory sounds about right because i mean you when you spend more rpm you use more fuel right but right and you had boost you're adding fuel as well i mean uh, seven pounds of boost is i mean 50 percent. you're pretty much gonna need 50 percent more fuel um if it's uh everything in a perfect scenario well and all um, the parasitic loss of a belt driven supercharger that was one comment i put i was like no man you're right because every manufacturer across the world when they want to increase fuel efficiency they strap a blower on it like no man yeah so like yeah he made several different comments like whether it's uh, you know a root style supercharger a centrifugal or even a turbocharger um, you know, he's like, well, if I'm not in the boost, you know, I'm not going to be using more. And I was like, well, I mean, if you're pumping all your gas fumes through a, through a turbo and not building boost, you know, that's, that's bogging it down. That's costing you something. If you're spending a, an extra pulley to spend the supercharger, you know, that's costing you. I mean, it might not be a very large amount. It might not even really affect you much, but that's still costing you. And it's certainly not going to improve your fuel economy is what he 
kept thinking. And so it's like, and then there's so many claims, like even there, one other guy got down there. He said, I got this Ford Focus and I put a supercharger on it and I got five miles per gallon better. Now I don't believe that at all, but if he did get some sort of fuel economy, um, increase it wasn't because of the supercharger it was maybe because of the the tune that was put on this um yeah first off that. who fucking puts a supercharger on their ford focus first of all <laughs> well now they're turbocharged in the factory <laughs> that's what but, my point though is every all those small engines are turboed it's because well, probably probably he was probably talking about an older one but oh yeah uh, maybe one of those old uh, svts or something but um, weren't those even su- turboed or they uh, were in a. They, they just they were in a. They had a high compression uh, cylinder head on. Yeah. Um, and they had like a Ram Air or something like that. Just some basic stuff, but actually really cool, fun car to drive. The SVT Focus, but uh, they definitely weren't fast at all. Right. Um, but anyways, yeah, he was just talking about that. I don't know. You just go back and forth with these guys and try to explain to them. I literally. Like, went in there and like broke broke things down to him like how everything works and, and you're much more polite like, oh, and the... respectful than most people on facebook that's for sure yeah i mean I, I like to get on there and literally like educate people i mean i'm no master mechanic but like i i kind of have a really good understanding of a lot of mechanics and how things work and you know, i have a lot of experience with superchargers turbochargers on, on just vehicles that i've owned so and on top of that just reading and researching that type of thing and it just it doesn't equate to the same thing adding a turbocharger or a supercharger to a vehicle does not increase your fuel economy and i just i don't maybe i'm missing something but i don't personally see anywhere where that's possible where the turbocharger or the supercharger itself is going to increase fuel economy yeah i know it does i but I think a lot of the times when they, because they put them in small vehicles, right? But that's because they use a drastically smaller displacement and then put a turbo on it to equal the same efficiency as a larger engine. It's more efficient than a larger non-turboed engine, but it's yeah. still not the same efficiency as that particular engine if it was in a. Yeah. So like if, if somebody, I mean, somebody listening, you want to, you want to, you wanna maybe prove me wrong or something, or maybe, maybe you can educate me on the matter. Um, Crack an egg, but you can't. Yeah. By, by all means come at me. Um, I I always, I'm always down to learn something new, but from what I, uh, from what these guys were saying, their, their, their arguments were, okay, well, I got a, this guy has a diesel and I went back and forth with him later. It turns out it was a 6.0 uh, power stroke. And uh, he's like, well, I, you know, I get better fuel economy with that than I do with this new 7.3. And he's like, and then, you know, go get the uh, 3.5 liter eco boosts out of the Fords. He's like, same thing. He's like, you know, you get great fuel economy with those. Like, you really, you really don't get great fuel economy. They no. claim a lot in reality. Like people are, some people that drive like a grandma can squeeze 20 miles per gallon average out of these, but that's, that's mostly 20 miles per gallon is like dead even at 20. And that's like highway stuff. They might get into the low twenties on the highway. But once you mix in regular driving in there, I mean, you're, you're in the probably mid, maybe if you're lucky upper teens, um, uh, on, on that. And, and that's assuming yeah. you probably have a 355 gear. If you're like in the max toe and you got a three, 373 axle, um, 
or something like that. I mean, you're probably um, getting even worse. And then when you hook a trailer to those, they're even they're like, they're even worse than like my F two fifty gas truck, and they, they get like eight miles, seven miles per gallon. For the yeah, because when they're towing, they are in the boost all the time. Yeah, they're always in the boost. And so that, that was the thing that I explained. I was like, like, well, if you're not in the boost, you're not using it. It's like, well, if you have a turbocharger. If you're at a thousand RPM, you're you're doing something. You might not be a measurable amount of boost on your gauge or something, but it's still doing something. And if you're not, not driving at thousand RPM ever, I mean, you're normally at like eighteen hundred or more at any given time. When you're actually driving, and so you're right. always going to be building some sort of boost, which is going to cost you more fuel because you put more air into an engine. You have to level it out with more fuel. It's air fuel ratio. <laughs> if you don't, bad things happen. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, they just went back and forth on this for a long time, and I was I tried my best to describe it to them and break it down best I could. But these guys just weren't having it. So I guess this guy's gonna go strap the supercharger on his seven point three, and it'll be an awesome truck. But he's not gonna get. What do you think he's gonna get out of? No, it? he's gonna find for a whatever drastic... reason he wants to get fuel economy out of an F two fifty. Anyways, I don't get that. Yeah, he's gonna see a drastic uptick in his uh, rubber expenditure if he straps mm-hmm. a Whipple on it. And his fuel economy is going one way, and that's right. down. And, and that doesn't even account for the fact that, you know, he's going to have to run high test fuel. Yeah. Yeah. But. Oh, people. Well, in positive news, a great American icon made its return this week. 2021 Ford Bronco. So we haven't yes. seen the Bronco since 1996. So by 2021 next year, if it's official release, I guess it'll come out late this year, but it'll be 25 years since we've actually seen a new production Bronco. God, that makes me feel so old. Cause when I was younger, they were just around. Yeah. I remember when I was younger, I didn't know what Bronco years. was. <laughs> yeah i feel like by 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 uh i think you're just a little little older than me not much but by the time like they stopped making them i i, I and i was like a little car kid all the time too i loved cars when i was a little kid but i didn't uh i never really knew what a bronco was so i think they were kind of already done by the time i knew what was going on <laughs> yeah um i guess i wasn't really aware of them when i was little but like when I was in high school in the early two thousands, like, especially up in Oregon, like they were still around, like you did, they weren't very rare, mm-hmm. but 25 years since a new one, shit, man. Hey, one thing I want to point out is, uh, so it was like a year or two ago, we saw the return of the Chevrolet blazer. Um, so what's funny is, you know, the, the Bronco came back in all its glory. It's, it's now going to be an off, it, like it always has been is, is an off road oriented vehicle. Right. Um, back then it, it competed against um the blazer is blazer bronco and uh the ram charger was kind of like the big three for the full size off-road stuff now they're competing against wranglers but you know the blazer came back as like this soccer mom kind of <laughs> oh my gosh thing. it's, it's so the, bad it just the, I, I guarantee chevy right now is like we screwed up like there's so much didn't you and i talk about it like all they have is four (laughs) cylinder engine options i don't actually i don't know i I was so unamused by it i haven't even really done any research on it because i'm just looking at it it looks it actually looks it's good looking i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bash it looks it's a good looking sporty looking suv i've seen a couple of them on the road it's actually somebody in my neighborhood that has ones i see it all the time uh they're good looking but it's not, it's not living up to its name. I mean, this is supposed to be a, a just 
grassroots off-road vehicle you know it's supposed to be full like it should come only in four-wheel drive just like the bronco's doing just like a jeep wrangler that's how it's supposed to be made but they really and they they just made another one of something else they already basically have so they just got a whole bunch of these like half-assed suvs that nobody really cares about and for some reason somebody stumbles onto a chevy dealer and buys it are you ready to be depressed you want to know what the two engine and one transmission options are for the 2021 chevrolet trailblazer and uh let's let's hear it uh oh hold on i may have misspoke Nope. You can get a 1.2 liter or a 1.3 liter with a CVT or a nine speed automatic. What? Yep. You can't even get two full liters of displacement. You cannot. I assume they're, I assume they're turbocharged. Did you say that? Yes, I didn't, but yeah. they are. Yeah. Ecotech okay, 1.2 yeah. liter and 1.3 liter engines. With a max whopping 155 horsepower at 5,600 RPMs and 174 torques at 1,600 RPM. So I, uh, um, I was looking at these in person. You know, they're not they're not big SUVs. They're not tall. No, they're small. But they're well, they're not tiny either. And so they're not. It's not like it's they're not like a, a Ford Escape. You know, they're not that small, but so they're kind of, they're kind of a little bit smaller than the midsize type thing. And that just doesn't seem like enough power to really well, do anything except for Sunday cruising. Do what? It's the gear. It, they, they make up for it with the gearing. Like that yeah, nine sure. speed, like I'm sure it's bicycle gears and the yeah. CVT is the CVT. I mean, yeah. Well, either way, I guarantee you with all this hype coming out, even Jeep trying to throw their hat in the mix with like their release of the, or their concept of the uh, Jeep Wrangler 6.4 Hemi option that they're saying that they're going to offer in the, in the Wrangler. I I don't see that happening, but they're, they're, it's definitely a concept and that would be awesome. There's a ton of hype for the Bronco. So Wranglers probably shaking their boots because there's a ton of people with Jeeps right now that have already reserved the Bronco and they're ready to trade in their, their Wranglers. I know it's the newest, shiniest thing out right now and it'll level out eventually, but I definitely think that Jeep's uh, a little worried because this thing's cool. There's a ton oh, of yeah, great options on it. And yeah, so let, let, I mean, let's dig into it, man. Let's, let's, let's yeah. see what we've got. So initially the two biggest differences, you've got your two door, four door options, which look like your Wrangler essentially. And then you have your sport, which is, uh, it looks a lot like the Range Rover Defender or Land Rover Defender, whichever one. It's basically the Bronco two of the nineties. Yeah. It's a small four door SUV. The, uh, they come in all the same trim levels, I think. Base, big band, outer banks. Yes, four wheel drive standard. Oh, I remember. I wrote. I wrote a note because when we were uh, talking the first time, we were like, "Why? What? The only four by four standard in its class or whatever?" Because it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, because Jeep is standard four wheel drive. The Wranglers, and I heard. Right. I heard what it is. You know what it is? The only American brand that offers that. So they're they're labeling it a Fiat? Yep. 
I was like, oh man, that's a stab. Ooh, that's, that's sly. a technicality, but that's a technicality. Yeah, but it's I'll awesome it though. Them. They're owned by a foreign yeah. company now, the only American brand to offer it standard. I was like, oh shit. That's funny. That is a good yes. stab. Yeah. So that's okay. one thing. Uh four by four standard. You can get 35 inch tires on the two-door four-door one across on all, all the models, right? Yes. Yeah. So to get that, you have to get what's called the Sasquatch package. And what that is mm-hmm. is the 35-inch tires, the 4.7 rear end, the Bilstein position-sensitive shocks with the Haas system, their off-road like brain system, and high-clearance mm-hmm. fenders. Hmm. Yeah. So, would, so does that? What do you have to get to get those sway bar disconnects? So I saw oh, that was an option. That's pretty dope. And that, the, uh, is that come with yeah. the lockers? Uh, I believe so. No, you, the locking differential. No, the Sasquatch okay. package does not. That's where I kind of got into the weeds. It wasn't super clear about what options are available where, but mm-hmm. from what it looks like, you're. Um, your off-road type options are available from the base model through the, uh, the wild track. It's just a matter of where it becomes standard. Right. Okay. I guess it's probably just an option that you can choose like your gearing, which is another crazy thing. Okay. So I I did a little more digging also. So it it does come with an available 4.7 axle ratio. Which is that's standard nuts. on the Sasquatch package. Okay, the but four, I the think four seven gearing. Yeah, I don't know if you have to have a certain engine to get that one though. I do. I did learn that you you can only get the uh, the manual, the seven with speed the manual with one. crawl with the small engine. I was a little disappointed in that, but I mean, I guess it makes kind of sense. Um, um, but it's you all still about warranting the stuff. Unfortunately, yeah. The 10 speed's still going to be awesome. So I'm not, it's basically yeah. the first year is basically probably pretty close to that crawl gear anyways, probably not quite as good, but close anyways. Um, right. Especially if you have like a, a 4.7 axle ratio, which is freaking nuts. Um, In case we didn't cover it already, you can get a 2.4 liter six cylinder twin turbo or the 2.7 liter. <laughs> With yeah. the seven speed in the 2.4 liter, that's a six speed with a crawl gear, like a granny gear, or the 10 yeah. speed auto. And if you get the big engine, the 2.7, it's auto only. And there's a bunch of like trail corner assist and all kinds of like super advanced off roading stuff that's only available yeah. with the auto. Yeah, so the 2.3 liter, you're going to get 270 horsepower, which is pretty decent for, or, or sorry, 2.3 is actually what I'm reading here. Is it? Yeah, and like 2.3. Uh, I'm on carandriver.com is where I, I'm pulling this from, but um, they're, um, it's, it's saying 270 horsepower, 310 pound-feet of torque, which is pretty great because that already, I mean, this is competing with Wrangler, and that's already more, then what Wrangler offers, I think, on power and torque. And then you have the optional 2.7 liter. Did we look up um, the, the diesel specs? I remember we talked about this last time, too, because I didn't. I so does it actually offer it? Because I haven't seen much about that. In the Wrangler? 
Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. That's like 240 ish, 250 ish horsepower on the new one and about 440 pounds feet of torque. It may be a little bit newer for like the 2020, 2021 models, but back to this, the 2.7 was making 310 horse, 2.7 EcoBoost for the Bronco, 310 horsepower, 400 pound feet of torque, which is really awesome. 400 pound feet of torque and a relatively small vehicle is pretty, pretty great. It's going to be a lot of low end torque on that too. Yeah. It's been that, yeah. It's going to be really good, man. I'm excited for it is like having a revival in a way like the F one fifties always kind of been their flagship, but you can really tell like they really, really got their shit together with the Mustang and the Ford GT mm-hmm. and yeah. the 7.3 liter. They're getting the truck like heavy duty market locked back down, or at least a section of it back from Hemi. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good time to be a Ford guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about this. So, even though we have these two, in my opinion, are really excellent engine options, especially the 2.7 liter, um, has been really proven in the F150. My, my it's going to be just. Good keep rambling even though the um the the two points the 2.7s it's a great engine and the uh at 400 pounds feet of torque there's there's a lot of um uh feedback from from the ford community and all the bronco fans from earlier days um that they're not offering a v8 option like the the coyote maybe the 6.2 and the uh, the seven three, obviously those are really big engines for for a relatively small vehicle. So it would make sense not to have them in there. And I do understand people wanting that V eight rumble, but um, since so many people are discrediting this because it's a V six option is the best thing you can get. But I think uh, people are miss. You know, they're just shooting this thing down to at that point. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they just, maybe they just don't understand. But the 2.7 has been so proven in the F-150, um, even even though it's it's a mid grade engine for the F-150. Um, it it at 400 pound feet of torque at I think it makes that like under 2,000 RPM. I want to say it's like 15, 1600 RPM or something like that. Very low. It makes like 90 percent of its torque. Um, that's pretty crazy Uh, yeah you get you get uh tons of torque just right off the line you're not revving or anything it's just there right it's almost like an electric engine it's just always there and so like i don't understand why you'd want that and the 5.0 is awesome and i personally i would love to have a 5.0 in it but if you're really going to use this for what it's designed for the 2.7 is going to be superior across the board uh no doubt um so i think um but with with all the with all the backlash and stuff like that and especially with wrangler hinting at the possibility of the 6.4 liter um hemi coming out possibly in one of their probably higher tiered package wranglers um i think that maybe later on down the line you could see a 5.0 like the nostalgic things you used to offer that would be awesome yeah so I think I think we might see a 5.0 one day later on down the line. It's, just, it's only two engine options. Normally you get a few more engine options than that anyways on, on most of your vehicles, um, especially something like this that's iconic. Um, so 
I'm, I'm, I, I joked around with you the other day about it, uh, or maybe, I don't know if it was you, if I was talking on a forum, but, um, you know, there, there, there's going to be, it sounds like it could be a, a, a V8 war, you know, Wrangler's going to throw down their, their 6.4 and then, you know, Bronco's got nothing to answer for that. So they're going to have to throw down something. Yeah. The coyote might be a little small to compete with that. So the, the best thing in the, in the seven, three, sounds bigger but the 7.3 is actually a smaller engine so it would actually make sense to stuff it in there uh, just as far as size goes but i mean i'm not holding my breath on that because that is a three-quarter ton and larger engine right now so right you'll definitely see some swaps in the future for sure well i mean ram's coming out with the trx which is supposed to be a hellpat cow hellcat powered uh raptor competitor so yeah. who knows who knows what kind of craziness we'll see from Ford. I mean, Dodge is doing what Dodge does. They made that Hellcat engine and they're putting it in literally every single platform. Unfortunately, Ford makes these really badass engines and then just leaves them in one vehicle. Voodoo engine. Yeah. There was Mira. a uh there was what do you call it? Um a, a uh, a spy photo of uh, what's quote unquote Raptor, a uh, <laughs> a Bronco Raptor. Uh, I yes. don't know how much legitimacy there is to it, but I mean, maybe. Um, see, I'm, I'm sitting. I'm over here talking about the the five O, and realistically, the Raptor, if it's bro, that's it, awesome. Yeah, if realistically, if it's gonna get anything bigger, like to compete with the six point four Hemi, it's gonna get the three point five liter out of the F-150 or the Bronco or the, uh, the Raptor. Cause that just makes more sense rather than to put a huge V8 in there. But yeah, unfortunately, you gotta give the people what they want. So who knows what we're going to get, man? We, maybe we'll get both. Yeah. I mean, they've got that Ford GT engine. How much, how much horsepower is that thing put out? And that's the 2.7 oh, liter man. six cylinder, right? Is it the Ford GT? I think it's 3.5 still. Oh, you might be right. I think you are right. Yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah. That sounds I, I right. I looked it up and I think they're saying like 90% of the parts from the F-150 3.5 swap over to that. <laughs> it's like, that's awesome. Hardly any differences in, the, in them. Obviously it's like probably pistons and, and uh, well, yeah. turbos, high performance type stuff. But um, yeah. yeah, I say most of the parts just swap straight over. So it's, it's, it's not a whole lot different. So you basically have a, really awesome engine if you have already have and, and the 2.7 is is the same thing it's it's not a whole lot different than the 3.5 so if you have either one of those three engines you've got a pretty awesome engine if you if you follow any 3.5 ecoboost forms and you can really see it there's a lot of fanboys on there i think they're they have the coolest thing on the market and partially they're right and partially you know they just got a big head on their shoulders but right. uh, it is a really sweet engine it's capable of doing a lot i mean it's one of the few gasoline engines you can just buy take it and go order a programmer off of amazon and, and unleash another 100 horsepower out of it without one bolt on at all yeah that's that's the beauty of turbos man two of them <laughs> yeah yeah twice the goodness yeah. And you go do exhaust and intake and a bunch of other little stuff. I mean, I did intake, exhaust, ECU tune, and uh, a fuel pump rebuild on my R, and I got like 75 horsepower. That's ridiculous. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's definitely, and especially in a small vehicle, small engine, that's, that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. You know, a, tur- a, a, a turbo can turn a, a four liter engine into an eight liter engine, basically. Yeah, oh, yeah. Really well, I mean, double its uh, size pretty quick, great its efficiency. Power literally, power. that's what Ferrari and them have been doing forever. They get these tiny, like, four liter, 3.8 liter v8s and just rev the freaking rev the socks off them yeah. beautiful music yeah sorry if you can hear my kid crying in the background oh no worries man yeah. it's it's quarantine everything is acceptable it is. yeah um so anyways um looking at the interior here i'm uh, moving on from the engine and all the powertrain stuff uh yeah yeah and it looks cool man it's a big screen there i, I would say that that thing 12 inch be, is ridiculous okay. okay i see it now i was gonna say 12 i was gonna say 10 but yeah 12 inches that's big that's really big the sport only has like an eight inch so suck it sport yeah. drivers yeah I mean, eight inch. Honestly, eight inches is a pretty decent sized screen as well. But yeah, twelve inches. Good grief, that's a it's lot. It's like a Tesla display, man. It's a lot. Yeah, I really like it. I mean, the whole thing looks good. So I can I can tell you just because I own an original Raptor that the uh, Bronco. Um, sorry, Raptor Bronco. Yes, I own I own a nineteen ninety Bronco. Um, this is going to be lots more narrow than the originals is um, it? i'm just i'm just i haven't i haven't measured the differences but just looking at the inside here um like you between like the driver's seat and passenger seat of my bronco i mean there's like like it seems like there's like a foot and a half spacing there and right. look, here here it's looking like there's like less than a foot between the two seats um and just looking at a lot of other stuff here, it definitely looks like it's going to be a much more narrow thing, which is one of the downsides of a Bronco versus Jeep is the Broncos were always a lot wider. So they always had that working against them for uh, off-roading type stuff. Right. Um, so it looks like they stepped that up and I do like having that, all that extra room, but yeah, it, it, you can definitely tell the difference whenever you're off-road. I took mine off-road uh, about two weeks ago and uh, there's basically only Jeeps out there. <laughs> yeah. That's what everybody has now. And so you, you can, you can see the advantages that they have with, with being more narrow. So it looks like, looks like they stepped that up and it's going to be a bit more narrow. There's also, which I thought is so cool because uh, my wife actually got in my Bronco the other day. And she goes, where's the Oh shit handle. And I was like, I don't think there is one. I just got to hold on to something. This Bronco that I'm looking at here, it's probably a higher tiered package, but it also looks like it's probably something that's pretty standard. It's got two oh shit handles just built right in it one into the, the dash and then one uh, right by the shifter on the passenger side nice which is, i think is a really cool option because if you're actually using these the way they're supposed to your passenger is definitely gonna want something good to hang on to yeah i thought it was pretty cool and the center on the dash it's got like an aluminum rail where you can hook up your gopro or mount a bunch of different stuff Oh, tell them about the uh, the built-in camera. 
<laughs> oh yeah. So it's got on the higher trim models, at least it's got this off-road trail mapping system with it records video through your front bumper cam, which it also has available the uh, Ford Copilot 360 stuff, which is like self self-driving and lane assist and like 3d outside view of the vehicle and a bunch of other cool stuff. Anyway, you can record your track or your trail and then share the video which is pretty sweet. It's got like a built-in camera that you can record and export video off of. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was super cool. I mean, it's basic. I mean, you, I would think that more vehicles would have already offered technology like that. And maybe they do. And I just don't know about it, but I think that's really cool because you get so many guys that are really in off-roading um, and they always want to stick a GoPro there and go cruise and, and record right. everything they do. And if their vehicles already got it built in, that's just one less thing you got to bring with you and worry about. You just dial it it is nice. So, very cool. Yeah. You know what I'm just thinking about? They didn't have any kind of a hybrid option, which I don't know why they would because it's off-road, but uh-huh. it's one of the only models they don't offer some kind of hybrid on now, right? Well, so I thought about that. And one thing, I, I mean, aside from like lots of types of like waterproofing, um, I don't know if they've really made any anything on any brand that has a good electric engine that they trust to go underwater because this engine will be submerged, like at least partially up until oh, yeah. the end so you have to, you really have to have everything watertight, you know, everything's made yeah. to where like, like a Tesla, I would, I would imagine is made to where it's, you can have splashes and heavy rain and that sort of stuff. But I would, I would assume, and I'm not speaking from any sort of experience here. This is all just an assumption. I would assume that if I submerged the Tesla engine, it might have a problem and that would go for any like thing yeah. right now, but there is that new Tesla truck coming out. And I would assume that they're going to make that thing more off-road oriented where Possibly. maybe it can take more water, but I, that's still to come. We haven't had anything official on that yet. Those are good points. Yeah. That's yeah. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah. What? Definitely want to be pretty watertight on everything. Yeah. Oh, uh, another stab they took at Jeep in the uh, four-door version with the top off. They uh, they say there's no center beam, so it's unimpeded yeah. views of the sky. So that was another stab at Wrangler, I feel. So I actually kind of like the center beam. Um, and I don't know how these new Jeep Wranglers are. I'm more familiar with like the 2006 and older stuff, uh-huh. but the the sound basically they had built-in speakers on that center bar. So I think that was always one cool thing. There's so much aftermarket stuff for that as well. Um, I always thought that was really cool. And so I was looking at the uh, the lack of the center bar on the Bronco, and like they said, no obstruction of your view, which is very cool. Um, but I mean, I'm just naming one small drawback from it. So, right. um, I mean, it's definitely not going to make me decide between a Jeep and a Bronco, <laughs> but not a deal breaker. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I think I would, 
I don't think I would really care about not having an obstructed view. I feel like it's pretty open and free anyways, but um, and I really liked having the, the speakers right there over your head. I thought that was really cool. And it always sounded really great. And I grew up, my dad had a, a 2004 Wrangler when I was in high school and we always swapped cars and I'd drive it around. He had the premium sound system and it, it always sounded really good because the speaker was just right over my head. Then it had a sub in the center console and it had the door right. speakers. So it sounded really good. So I'm wondering if, I mean, I'm sure these are still going to come with a really great premium sound system, like all trail rigs have these days. Yeah. They, uh, on the upper trim levels, you can get a bang and Olfusen sound system, which if you don't know, no they make, they make really high end, like home theater systems. You find their systems in a lot of like European cars and, uh, yeah. they're starting to filter down to more and more American cars, but yeah, that's a, it's a really good stereo. Okay, cool. I did not know yeah. that. Well, now you know. Uh, is it as is it as good as the old Bose systems and the Corvettes? It's the same caliber. I've never listened to a Bang and Olufsen, so I mean, I have just I don't know what if they'll put a sub or like what kind of patches they'll put in it. I assume it'll be it'll be very um, adequate though. Yeah. Okay. Well. What else we got with this thing? You got the uh, sway bar disconnect. Yeah, that you can do under uh, under load, which is pretty nice. Uh, I know yeah, you can be a full flex. Yeah, I, I, I know uh, Jeeps and Dodges have had remote sway bar disconnect for a while. I don't know if they're if they're able to do it under load. And also, this one uh, will reconnect for you automatically once you're done that way you don't forget and then get on the road yeah. and flip over and die. Cause you have no sway bars. Yeah, that was definitely pretty cool. Um, actually now that I, now that I think of it, I, th- I think during the, uh, the release of that video yesterday, I think they said, um, full locking differentials for the front and rear was available on all different models, even the base model. I remember f- locking front and rear. I don't remember if it was across all models. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me though. They've made a pretty big deal of pointing out that the four by four goodies aren't reserved for the high end luxury package. Yeah. That was, that was one thing. I mean, we, I don't have that confirmed. Maybe we can, maybe we can look at that up real quick, but um, that was one thing that really bothered me about a Wrangler um, is that the only way you can get a locking differential is if you get the highest tiered, Wrangler they offer, which is the Rubicon, and they are it's like forty I, grand. They're, they're, I think they're more than that. I think they get. I mean, by the time, especially if the dealer tries to outfit them with their own lift kit and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well over fifty grand. I've seen them out there, brand new, and it's just it's pretty ridiculous um, for for what it is. I mean, especially especially like like the two doors. I mean, it's like golly. I mean, you lose a lot of resale value on those two doors too, um, but. Yeah, it's uh, like I want to I want a base model one with all the good stuff because I don't want to go tear up a fifty thousand dollar rig. Right, and that's yeah, that's pretty reasonable. I I get why they do it. Like as a consumer, I get upset, but that's just capitalism being capitalism. So yeah, yeah, and so I think this is going to upset it. So like Jeep's going to have to step it up and say, all right, we're going to offer some cool stuff on our more entry level, um, 
<laughs> trims so that because they're going to have to step up their game and uh, Ford's really set the bar high with the Bronco here and Heck on yeah, top man. of that just looking at these back seats it looks really roomy yeah it looks uh, way way more comfortable to me at least than a Wrangler yeah my wife was really wanting a Wrangler for a while um, and she went and test drove one, rode around one of her friends, and immediately she's like, "I just, I don't want this. It's too dang small." Good. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I wonder if this is going to be much larger, more roomy, whatever. You'll just have to go out and uh, measure the dimensions on yours and see how they measure up, like wheelbase and interior yeah. dimensions and all that. Yeah, wheelbase is real short, but they are wide. I mean, they're they're this basically just as wide as an F one fifty. Right. Yeah, that's real wide. Yeah, they're they're real wide. Very very roomy in there, but I mean that's not necessarily a good thing for off roading. All right, man. Uh, we miss anything here? Um. I don't think so. Like there's, there's a bunch of different trim levels and they kind of go over like the base they say is the essential Bronco. The big Ben is for mainstream off-roading. The black diamond is for adventure off-roading outer banks is off-roading in style, which I assume is like where the luxury options start coming in. Okay. And then Badlands is for extreme off-roading and wild track, which is the highest trim level they're offering, like continuing. They offered the first edition, but that was sold out within hour, an hour, I'm sure. But the wild track, it says, is for high-speed off-roading. So interesting I, uh, yeah it's not super clear the breakdown of where the options start and stop so i'm assuming there'll be more options on that later but then they also have their terrain management system they call goat modes which stands for yeah. go over any type of terrain yeah <laughs> and it's for sand slippery sport eco and normal yeah. with additional modes mud and ruts and rock crawl and substitute sport mode for baja in total wow. there are eight available modes that vary by trim man so, yeah it, it definitely sounds cool um i'll be i'll be looking for one in a few years when i pick up a used one but um man i'm, I'm pretty excited about this uh, there's also 200 available like accessories that you can add to it from the dealer factory from the factory um, and that's yeah. growing all the time i'm sure so like you you basically will get your vehicle from the factory and it's it's different than everybody else's because i mean you have 200 different things that you can add on here you're gonna yeah. have some different deals so I'm, I'm actually just just sitting here scrolling through through like there's a ton of different wheels offered here that's what i'm saying like i'm looking at oh one yeah there's like seven or eight different ones. wheel options yeah. It's yeah, ridiculous. So, and they're all good looking. They almost all look like an aftermarket wheel. Like they look great. And I think one of them looks like it's got a bead lock on it. Yeah. Uh, with the Sasquatch package, I don't actually, I don't know if it's part of the Sasquatch package, but um, they do offer bead lock wheels. Okay. I didn't know if they're the fake ones or not, but they, they say bead lock really available. Good. 
Okay. Yeah. So I, I, um, I mentioned this last time, but I'm pretty sure you can't actually drive around the streets with bead locks on. So I'm just, it would have to have like an, a wheel that's capable of running your way. Right. With or without yeah. the bead lock. I would assume so. Yeah. But now they all look really great. So many different options. I mean, I'm just sitting here scrolling through all these pictures here and like, you don't really see two Broncos that look the same. Like they're all, they're very diverse and a lot of different yeah. options there. So you're not just going to be that chump running around the, with the same old Broncos, everybody else uh, from what it, what it looks like here. So yeah, it'll be interesting it, to see how the, uh, the aftermarket sales go with them all being so customizable. You know what I mean? Yeah. There'll just be a yeah. lot more options you can get that other people won't want. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that makes you think too, is, you know, Jeep, one of the biggest things about Jeep Wrangler is like, it, it's a uh, real modular. There's so much aftermarket stuff you just bolt on and switch around from different models. And, um, you know, looks like the Bronco is just going to come that way from the factory. You just, what do you want on it? boom yeah we'll we'll deliver it that way i mean it makes sense like if you're gonna make your vehicle i mean again i can look at it either way like it makes sense for ford to make the money like if people are going to be buying all these aftermarket accessories why not why not ford make the money but at the same time you it's it's cool to support like the aftermarket industry because you know that's a thing Ford Racing's always actually been really good at um, offering a lot of like good good parts to actually use for like the the Mustangs or or whatever your F one fifties the engines and suspension options stuff like that they they make a lot of good parts so I mean I guess it just is natural that they would just make a lot of good stuff for the Bronco as well but the only time will tell if it's going to be worthwhile or I'm sure you probably, I'm sure the options are going to be at a premium, but who knows? I guess we'll see soon enough. I really wish we could get online and actually do an online build like you can for every other vehicle they offer right now, but it will not let you do it for the full size Bronco, only the Bronco sport. Yeah. Only the sport right now, unfortunately, but, uh, yeah. I'm looking yep, forward to the exciting big things That's though, for the, sure. Yeah. Big Bend is a uh, big Ben is in Bend is in Texas. So that's uh to me, this is the Texas model. So that's what I want. <laughs> Heck yeah. It's kind of cool. You can get like steely looking wheels for the sport. I'm going through the build. Did you see that? Yeah. They look like steel wheels. Well, they, I kind of like that. They offer the, they offer this, the basic steel wheels on the full size as well for the base model. It looks cool. Yes. Yeah. They're actually not bad looking. Um, I really like the upgraded ones much better, but actually the black diamond looks on here also has it as well. So I guess there's a lot of just wheel options that you can go with. Um, yeah, they all I had look it, really great. Yeah. I had it written down the other day, how many freaking options there were, but there's like seven, six trim models and eight wheels or something like that. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's not as bad as the F one fifty with its 11 grills pretty sure there's only like one for the bronco but uh oh yeah yeah i'm only seeing one i mean there's like they they do have i guess 
like different like paint on them like so looking right here at this the base model it's just black looks like it's probably gonna be like a flat black plastic type thing and then on the big Ben, it's kind of a kind of a silvery gunmetal and uh -huh. then bronco itself is is painted white whereas on the other one it's black and then switching over to a couple others Oh, actually, the Badlands one that does actually have a different grill. It's got different uh, okay. holes and the different shaped holes. Um, so I'm seeing possibly three different ways to get the grill. So gotcha. not as much as the F-150, but definitely still some different options there. Yeah, I was scrolling through. You can get uh, integrated active and passive drains washable rubberized floor and marine grade vinyl seating surfaces so you can literally just hose this thing out from the factory so i think a lot of people you know you go buy like a, a pickup truck with the vinyl package vinyl seeds vinyl floors and they get looked over a lot but if you're into outdoor stuff it's awesome i have vinyl floors on mine and it, i get in there with mud dog hair and everything doesn't else. matter it, it is so easy to clean my basic truck because I, I can I can hose it. I can I can just get a leaf blower and blow all the hair out. I mean, nothing sticks to my my truck or my flooring, so I don't I don't I don't worry about getting dirty while I'm out having fun because it's easy to clean up whenever I'm done. Hell yeah! I just found it right here. There are nine wheel options between 16, 17, and eighteen inches. Nine. Wow. Yep. I'm actually seeing a fourth grill too, so I misspoke. Oh I man. Four different We're just putting out <laughs> content as we speak. We can't even keep up. Yeah. We'll be on yeah, here twenty four so. seven, folks, announcing accessories and grill options as they happen. <laughs> yeah. Freaking news. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. So, um, I think we've covered it pretty well. Yeah, and I mean it's about as well as you can do on audio only podcast. If, if you give a shit, you've already seen a thousand articles about it anyway, but I felt it was pertinent, pertinent automotive news. So I'd touch on it. Um, thanks again for, uh, jumping on a call, buddy. I know you're not feeling great. Um, but that's all for this week, folks. Uh, we'll see you next week. I am at Chris Talks Cars on Instagram. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. Do all the things. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, Spotify, all the places. Um, that's it for this week, everyone. We'll talk to you later. And uh, take it easy.